The following is a fourth-hand production. Hey, everybody. I was looking over there. Uh, welcome in. What's over there, Kevin? A beer. Uh, welcome into Sad Times. Uh, thanks for coming in. For those of you uh, who've been here before, welcome back. Uh, for those of you who haven't, just to get a quick uh, description of the show. Basically, I have a guest on every week, uh, somebody who I'm close to in my life, uh, so far at least, uh, where we talk about kind of... Uh, any number of things, but it's always kind of history of what makes them sad, when they've been sad, how they've acted when they were sad, also how <clears throat> you know it's affected their families and how it affects their daily life. Because I believe that a lot of people don't, I think, deal with this a lot. I know I do, and I think if we talked about it a little more, uh, it would probably lead to maybe a little less pressure, a little less um, – pain and a little more empathy. So that's kind of the, the whole thing here. Uh, so uh, without further ado, I'm going to introduce my good buddy, Jason. Hey, Jason. Hey. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. You? I'm doing well, man. Good. Uh, so we've known each other, well over two years? Yeah. Yeah, two years. Yeah. So we worked together, and uh, I used to see you bopping around the office, but we didn't talk. You'd always walk by me and go to the kitchen. And Happy birthday, Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Kevin. Happy birthday to you. Oh, you can't see Marilyn Monroe is kissing your face and singing to you right now. Oh, that's so nice of her. Well, that's the show, everybody. Um, no. Can we okay. talk about how that made me sad? It made me sad, too. Okay, yeah, I'm old. I'm 37. <laughs> you Can you are, believe man. that? So, um, we start talking about books. Mm-hmm. Thank you, by the way. That was very nice, everyone. Uh, and we've gotten to know each other. We kind of figured out, correct me if I'm wrong on this, we kind of figured out we're, we're kind of wired in a lot of the same yeah. ways. Yeah, I'd say so. So, we kind of check in with each other mm-hmm. once in a while. I know when I'm having a tough day, I can go to you and be like, man, I'm just kind of out of yeah. having a hard time. So. Yeah. Uh, when I approached you about being on the show, you were pretty enthusiastic about oh, absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So let's go ahead and get into it. So um, tell me about where where did you you you've told me you're from like four places. So, yeah. So tell me about where you started. Born in San Antonio, Texas. So yeah. both my parents were in the Air Force Station in San Antonio. So uh-huh. that's where I grew up. Lived there till uh, I was about five. That's when my parents divorced. Okay. Oh. And then ding, uh, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. And then uh, my mom and I moved to Baltimore, and that's where I lived. Now I get it. The college years. And your dad stayed in San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. stayed in San Antonio for till about like twenty years ago. He moved to uh, Vegas. Twenty years ago. Yeah, something like that. You're old. I am. This is true. I think, I think they're talking about Kevin. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's older than I am, guys. So, um, okay. So your parents got divorced when you were five. Do you yeah. remember times of them together? Yeah. Uh, you know, it was always um, tense, I think is the tense, the right okay. word for it. Uh, my, my dad really struggles a lot with uh, how to appropriately show emotion, uh, specifically anger, right? Like he's not – he that is – you know, 
I think he, it almost seems like he has one emotion, and that's anger. Like, everything comes out as Did anger. he, was, like, he wasn't the type who gave you a hug or pat on the back or anything? Or he kind I of mean, he would, but, yeah. you know, that that was less frequent than, than that. And the, the other thing to consider with this, too, is my parents kind of worked split schedules. So my dad worked overnights a lot, uh, and then my mom worked during the day, so. And you had no siblings with them. No, no okay. siblings. Yeah. yeah. So it was just you and them. And so you would be alone with your mom at night then? Yeah. Most nights I was alone with my mom. If my dad was home, he was usually asleep in his lounger by like 8.30. Watching TV. Yeah. So you said that he didn't really appropriately or correctly show anger. What? Well, I guess what do you think is the correct way to show anger? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, there are... so. What I mean by inappropriate displays of anger yeah. is that they were always violent, right? Oh, okay. Like it was, yeah. It was explosive. It was just completely over the top. There was no, like, rationale behind it. And would it start at that level? Or oh, yeah. It, I mean, it would it not was, build. It would no, not be like, it, I told you to stop that. No, no, no. it was at 100, like, um, from the very beginning. Like, I, can tell, I can give you, like, a really prime mm-hmm. example Please of do. this. So, uh, one of my earliest memories, I'm probably three, three and a half. Um, and I can remember this, like I could close my eyes right now, set the whole scene, like see the whole scene. Um, I'm sitting in, uh, the living room of our house, okay. watching television. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad is outside working on the car uh-huh. and my mom goes to the front door and calls out to him that dinner's ready. Comes back in, goes into another room. I'm not sure what she's doing in the other room. My dad comes in about 15 minutes later. Oh, so he doesn't immediately come no, in? No, no. Okay. He comes in about 15 minutes and later. And she had set dinner out? Mm-hmm. Okay. She had set dinner out. He comes in, takes one bite of the food, and the next thing I hear is the dining room chair topple over, and he takes the plate and throws it across the kitchen against the, um, the garage door. Just oh, flung it and it shattered. Yeah, yeah. Why? I don't. They're just because the dinner was cold. The dinner was cold, so he threw that. Did he then yell at your mom? He did. Well, so this is the part where I kind of don't really have a ton of memory about. Yeah, it. I remember that he kind of turns, sees me there. At that point, I get up and run from the room and go into my bedroom and close the door. And, um, I would hide in like the, uh, the, the windows in my bedroom were floor to ceiling, but they're very skinny. So I could stand in there like shoulder to shoulder and I was behind the blinds. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. You well, yeah, you were three and a half, you said. So you would get under the blinds and Mm -hmm. stand there and Mm -hmm. you would be terrified that he Mm -hmm. would come in. Yeah. Would he ever come in there? Uh, that you not that I remember. No. And that night he did. He did. No yeah. one ever came into the room that night. And when he turned, mm-hmm. did he just have that uh, yeah. look of rage? Yeah, like he was looking for the next point of attack. Was there something else going on? I don't know. I mean, my dad uh, just does not. He he's essentially had an undiagnosed anxiety disorder his entire life. Um, you know, how did that manifest? How did that show? Uh, it, it's, it's in the anger. Um, it's also in just his inability to kind of cope with emotions, cope with sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he takes Valium for a 
quote unquote spastic colon. But wait anyway, a minute, he takes Valium for his colon? Yeah, but that's amazing. That that that's what he says it's for. Uh, yes. Uh, but in high stress situations, you can watch him pop them like they're candy. And it, excuse me. And at this time, he wasn't on anything. No, he wasn't on anything at the time. Um, and he never really got treatment for this. And, and I think it's because. After he left the military, he went to work for NSA. He had a very high security clearance. Uh-huh. And I think in his mind, the fear was if he got help and he had to admit uh, this to someone, they would they take, would take his security clearance. You know, um, I know of a, a friend of mine who, uh, I'd, his friend, um, struggles really bad with depression, was having a really bad go of it, like really bad. Mm-hmm. And um, he military man and he did not want to seek help either because yeah. he was afraid they were going to take that away from him yeah. that that is troubling yeah it is. um so Solo true yeah. so massive epidemic yeah brock uh, brock's a veteran mm. so um and that's that's just fucked up yeah and you, so this was in san antonio was, in san was, san was he on a base yeah randolph air force base okay. that's where they were both stationed now was your dad in a war uh in vietnam he was in thailand so he wasn't in Vietnam. He did comms. He did comms from from Thailand. Okay. Okay. So, um, did your dad ever hit you? Y- yes, there were. Um, yeah, there were a few occasions that I remember being spanked. Um, you know, most of it's just your typical. Like, well, there's a what, Rob? So when you think about that contact. Is there a difference in your mind between being spanked and how you're spanked and and being hit? I'm very interested because as a parent, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you try to understand the psychology and what's going on in the child's mind. Yep. And, like, you use the word spanked. Yeah. Which that was, like, because we started off with did he ever hit you? Yeah, yeah. And that's, so that's I'm good. really interested. Well, yeah, it's interesting. So, I know that he didn't just hit you with his hand. Yeah, so that's what the majority of it was. Yeah. So that's what I would consider spanking. Yeah. Uh, there was one time when I was about five or six, I had, my dad was at work. I had kind of uh, mouthed off to the babysitter because mm-hmm. I was five, and that's what five-year-olds do. Yeah. Uh, I got home. My dad told me to go in his bedroom and wait for him. Uh, and he came in with a chunk of two by four that was about two foot long. Um, and he had me bend over the bed and kind of like grip the sheets yeah. with my hands. And he whacked me twice and uh, uh, with the, with the two by four. Why the, fu- why the two by four? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know that there, there's any rationale. Did you feel that? a lot of, I, so I never got hit with a two by four. Did you feel a lot of shame when that happened? Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Was he and saying something to you? No, like there was there was no communication. Um, the the oddest part of the memory, I think, is after he's done, he sat down on the bed and started to cry. He started to cry. Yeah, he said, "Well, of course, I was crying too because yeah." Too much Do you think bit. he felt genuinely bad about doing it? I don't. I don't know. I, I don't. I struggle with that because I don't know that he he knows how to feel bad. What do you mean by that? He just he doesn't take um, he doesn't really take ownership for where he has kind of failed or gone wrong. 
And that's just with you or just in any part? I think of in life? general, I, I think he's, as he's gotten older, he's like 67 now. He's starting to like. Yeah, know, do you guys have a relationship? No, I, I mean, we maybe text four times a year. There, There's like no conversations or I haven't seen him in nine, nine, ten years. Really? The last time I saw him. Yeah. Did something happen then? No. Um, you know, it's just we've we've always kind of had this really odd relationship. Um, you know, I spent every summer with him until I was 18. And then after that, I, I kind of would go maybe every other year to go see him. The I think as I got older and there was a, a moment that was kind of the, the tipping point. And this was about. This is actually about 10 years ago, um, not long after I met my now wife. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, my dad would always be like, I'm coming to like visit you or, you know, whatever it's going to be. And they would never like manifest, right? He so, would never show up. No. So I would like build up my like excitement about it and then he would just let me down, right? So about 10 years ago, I'm, I'm teaching in, in DC at the time. And my dad had to come into DC for, for a work conference. It's sure. like, great. I'm, I'm teaching in downtown. Um, let's, you know, grab some dinner afterwards. He's like, yeah, yeah, great. This is a hotel I'm staying at. Fantastic. I'll hop on the Metro and come meet you. So I get on the Metro after class, ride over to the hotel, uh, walk in and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for James Weaver. Can you tell me what room he's in? I mean, Type it up. I'm sorry. You say James? I was like, oh yeah, it might be under Jim. Can you check? I'm sorry, sir. We we don't have a Jim or James Weaver here. So I go, huh? That's weird. So I I call my call the house. My stepmother answers the phone, and I was like, hey, I'm at the hotel. Do you do you know where Dad is? And she goes, oh my god, that son of a bitch. He didn't tell you. He didn't go. Yeah. He didn't tell no, you? No, he didn't tell me. Wait, when when did you have the conversation with him about going to dinner? Like a week beforehand. Okay. Yeah, okay. he didn't tell me that he didn't go. Didn't get on the plane. Did he? Why? So, well, I guess that doesn't Why didn't matter. he tell me or why didn't he get why on the plane? Why didn't he tell you? Uh, that Is that I, I a confrontation know. thing? He can't do that? Yeah, I think that's part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, why he didn't get on the plane, I think that all goes back to his anxiety. Like, he struggles with travel. Like, getting on the plane is just very difficult. Even though him. he had to do this for work, yeah. he, he found a way he, out. He was sick. He couldn't He couldn't get on the plane. Okay. Now, he's sick a you, lot. Your dad's sick a lot. Well, he's got a spastic yeah, colon. Well, so. <laughs> I, I, mean, I have a spastic He colon. uses really sickness sick. as his yes. way out of things yes. a lot. So, did yeah. you talk to him? Yeah. I, that night? So, I mean... I don't know if you call it fate or whatever. My phone ran out of battery uh, before he had a chance to call me. Uh, but he did leave me a message and, you know, super apologetic. It, it's like classic abusive relationship okay. sort of shit, you know? Like, oh, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Okay, I'll give you another chance. And it just all happens over again. And really, like, for me, that was the breaking point. Okay. Right? And like, so I've said, this. Is not, I'm not going to, like... That and years of therapy have kind of helped me get to this point where it's like, I don't need to have a relationship with him. We haven't really had a relationship. I, you know, my frustration comes from a lot of things, but is even amped now with the fact that he has two grandchildren that he's never met. Right? These like, are your yeah, two sons. Yeah, my kids. So He's he, never met your kids? No, no. Does he ask about them? He does. He sends them gifts, but he's never met them. That yeah. sounds like, well, yeah. now my father has met. 
my grandson, no grandson, my nephew, his grandson. Yeah, that's good. Um, but he hasn't seen him for four and a half years. Yeah. And that's what he does. He'll send gifts. Yeah. They'll talk on the phone. Yeah. One minute for birthday, one minute for Christmas. I don't understand it. Wow. It, it doesn't make any sense. No. So when you decided, okay, I'm done with this. Yeah. You grew up spending summers with him. Mm-hmm. Was there like a real sadness about that? about saying, I'm going to leave this behind, or were you just so done with it? I think that there was a small, like, mourning process, but, you know, my therapist and I did a lot of work through this, and I got to a point where I just said, you know, there's nothing really to grieve, because there wasn't a relationship there to begin with. Even with the summers, like, during the summer? No, because I never saw him. Right? Oh, he, he, would, he would work 12 hours a day, get home at 8 o'clock, and he's asleep by 8.30. Was anybody watching you? No. No, no. I was just, just kind of on my own. Okay. <laughs> Were you lonely kid there? Sam? Yeah. I mean, I just spent all my days inside the house. So was it watching playing, TV? Playing video, video games, playing watching video TV. Game. Yeah. yeah. And um, Okay. So what about your mom? And I know we were talking about your, the, the summers with your dad, but... Your mom, you said she worked during the day. She was there at night. What was, yeah. what was your relationship like with her? Your dad, damn Crispin. Yeah, you know that. there are a lot of yeah. there are a lot of goddamn similarities. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, my mom, yeah, that's a that's another thing. So my mom is also like a go to bed at eight thirty. She grew up on a farm. Like this is just. I remember Natural. there's a, the old picture you showed me where she yeah. looks like a Russian peasant yes. working, yes, working yeah. on the farm. Yeah. Um, so bed at 8.30, up at 4.30, right? That's uh-huh. just her. So even when she would get home at 5, right, it's dinner and then, uh, you know, not much. She's watching TV or whatever I'm playing. And then she would go to bed and I would stay up by myself. Even at like 2, 3, 4. Really? 5 years old. Yeah. Even when we moved to Baltimore. I would stay up by myself. That's right, because when they, they split up. Yeah. And I'd put myself to bed most nights. When we lived in Texas, it was typically in in their bed. My mom and I would sleep in the same bed, and my dad would usually sleep in his recliner. He'd sleep the whole night? Then. Mm-hmm. No, seriously, is your dad my dad? <laughs> because that's just another thing. I swear to God. Um, okay, so would your mom, did you talk to your mom about your dad ever? No, she doesn't. Um, you know, I've kind of brought some of this stuff up over the years, but you know, neither one of my parents deal well with my with emotions. Like my mother is just very cold. Um, I think a lot of it is that's how my grandfather was. You know, her farmer, father, yeah, didn't yeah. talk much. Yeah. You know, emotions are not something we deal with. Um, so I bring it up, and she would always turn her back around, but like, yeah, but look at your stepdad. Like, things are great with him. It was always like, eh, we're not going to talk about this. So, like, you would try to talk to her about your dad when she was remarried, and she'd yeah. say, yeah, but you have an, a lovely yeah. parental figure here. Yeah, yeah. And when you were a kid, would you go to her if if you were hurt or no. something? Yeah, I, you know, both of my parents struggled with uh, – uh, a lot of stuff. Yeah, I will. I, I will never forget one of my the, the like most poignant moments in therapy is kind of going through some of the stuff, and my therapist looking at me and go, "Jason, you realize you were neglected as a child, right?" Like that thought had never crossed my mind. But as we kind of talked through some of this stuff and the the shit that I was just kind of left on my own, like putting myself to yeah, bed every night crazy. when I'm yeah. two, three years old. 
Um, I got heat stroke like twice because my dad just left me out on the porch riding my big wheel. Uh, first time. Wait, how old? I was three when that happened. You got a- I got a heat stroke. My dad found me laying on the porch. Texas summer, so it's like 115. Yeah. I'm outside riding my big wheel. He finds me toppled over on the side, brings me inside. Uh, my mom gets home from work, and my dad is holding me on the couch. Like, my body just completely limp with uh, uh, just, like, crying hysterically because he thinks I'm dead. What what would a normal person do? He, did he call sort of somebody? No, he didn't call anybody. No. How long was he there with you before your mom got like home? Two, three hours. You were passed out for two or three hours, and he didn't call anybody. No. My mom came home. They, they still didn't call anybody. My mom just went and got a cold cloth and put it on my head. Tots is giving you both hugs. Thank you. Thank you, Tots. Uh, so. Which, so that's a really powerful thing that your therapist said. Yeah. The neglected thing because that – I don't know how to deal with that. Yeah. That's- yeah. I mean, and that was like – that was probably the toughest like therapy session I ever had because then I had to wrestle with that. And that just brought all kinds of like, you know, memories to my mind. That, the, you know, the heat stroke event, uh, I, I have – I remember I – sliced my texas has this like really weird grass that grows super tall uh-huh. and it's extremely sharp on the edges so wow. like any normal kid i'm out there running my yeah. fingers yeah. Up it to yeah. see what happened slice my finger out like so that you could see the muscle right like uh-huh. it, it was a deep cut i'm bleeding really bad i come inside my mom's watching television i'm trying to get her attention to show her that i'm like bleeding out and she looks at me and she goes, I'm watching my soap opera. Can you wait until the commercial? Did she, had she seen the Yeah, she did. She did. So did you just wait? I waited. Uh, and then we went in the bathroom and, and wrapped it up. Which was it as the world turned? No, I got it. No, it was, it was uh, Days of Our Lives. Days of Our Lives. Days of Our Lives. Listen, I can understand letting you bleed out to the commercial for all my children, but not Days, days of, of Our, our lives. lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you think you're still angry? Are you angry at them? Or you, is that something you know? I'm not on forgiving and things. I'm like not that? angry anymore. Like I, I do think that it's extremely fucked up. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of my like struggles with worthlessness and like you know uh, depression and anxiety that I've battled over the years are just a result of a lot of this. But I, I'm also smart enough to know that there were circumstances that led them to this place. Right. My, my father worked within the military industrial complex that said, you're a cog in the wheel and that's all you'll ever be in one misstep and you're out. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, my mom worked extremely hard on a farm growing up with a father that showed no emotion that nothing was ever good enough for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so right there, there's background to what happened yeah. to them. But at the end of the day, what happened to me as a, you know, two through five year old is just fucked up. It shouldn't happen to any child. Yeah. I'll agree with you on that. So, um, you mentioned earlier uh, that you, you met your current wife about 10 mm-hmm. years ago or so, yep. but you were married before then. Yes. Okay. So you, your first wife, how did you meet her? Uh, we, we went to college together. 
Um, we uh, lived in a like a co-ed house together. Okay. So. Uh, wait, you lived in a house together? Yeah, it was uh, the college I went to is on a like an old like farm in the just outside of Hershey, Pennsylvania. Okay. And the farmhouse was still on the property. Okay. And they had turned it into dorms. Oh, um, uh, okay. And the guys lived on the bottom floor and girls lived on the top floor. Okay. So you met her. How long did you guys date? A couple years. Yeah, probably two years. And then you got married. Got married. And um, how long were you guys married? Seven years. Why didn't that work out? Uh, you know, there's a lot of things, but, you know, I think it's looking back at it, it's the you're getting out of college. It's time to get married. Oh, this is the person you're with. Okay, yeah. get married. Um, but I, I, I I don't think that we ever really clicked, right? I think it was just like, this is the person that you're with mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that our relationship was always very strained. Uh, a week after we got married, we moved to Dayton, Ohio, so I could start my master's degree. Mm -hmm. Like, knew no one, lived in like a 500 square foot dorm room, essentially, for lack of a better way of describing it. And, you know, there was just a lot of resentment built up yeah. during those two years. Resentment was she resenting yeah, you because yeah. you lived in because you had to go to Dayton and you were living in yeah. such a small place? Yeah. And it was all for what she's saying, it's all for you yeah. and what you're doing. Yeah. And she held that against you. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And so I just think that there was no like no recovery from that. Now did she you know, people always say, you know, women marry their dads, guys marry their moms. Yeah. Right? Now yeah. it sounds like to me, would she get angry? Yeah, she would absolutely get angry. Um, she. What would make her angry? Just, yeah, I, I mean, just about anything, uh -huh. right? And I think that the anger was more directed at the situation and like where we were and the resentment kind of building up in that too. And, you know, a left master's degree program went almost directly into a PhD program, you know, where I'm in the in the library 12 hours a day and nothing was ever moving fast enough. Yeah. And so like the smallest little things would just like, what was she, was she working? She was working. Um, I can't even remember. She was, Oh, she was like a project manager. So similar, oh. similar to the work you do, oh. there, Kevin. So she was um, sad. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, That's there's absolutely some of that. Yeah. Um, but you know, she dealt with depression um, her, her mother was manic depressive. Uh, I think that she also suffered from, from Would she have like real, so I don't know as much. Is that like she had really high highs? She had very, yeah. Very high highs and very low lows. And you know, if the circumstances were right, like she would just get extremely violent, like throwing stuff, you know, glasses breaking, um, you know, that, those, those sort of kicking door, putting holes in walls, like. Just a, over maybe a normal marital just a, fight. Yeah, normal marital fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what were you just tired of the fighting? What what made you want to leave? No, she actually left. She left me. Uh, oh. I think that you know she finally just realized that you know enough was enough. Um, she was miserable, and uh, I tell people who ask me this about it all the time. You know, what's what's it like getting divorced and. You know, I was miserable for about a week. And then after that week, I said, wow, fuck, I was miserable too. 
right? So like, it, was, it yeah. was pretty clear. It, it, yeah, yeah, it was it, it was easy to like begin the transition. So you were able to get through the divorce. Was it a messy? Time? No, no, very amicable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. And okay. So you didn't have it. Yeah. Okay. okay that's, that's good. That's good. Great. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Most people agree that you need an older sister. Well, by most people, do you mean one person? That you need an older uh, sister? No, I have an older sister. Uh. There, there might be someone suggesting that he has an older sister and a few other people that might have weighed in. Saying that Jason needs an older sister. Oh yes, that his life would have been better if he had an older sister. Yeah, I think interesting. It was, I think it, yeah. Well, the the neglect first of all, right? Uh-huh. Putting yourself to bed at two, three, four. Yeah. Think about it. Like my sister's three and a half years older than me. Uh, even to have a seven year old or seven, be like, come on. Yeah. Come on, Kevin. Let's go to bed. Would yeah. your Would your mom say good night, or would she just yeah? Be like, she'd say good night and go to bed, and I'd turn on the HBO because that's what a four year old does. Oh, yeah. HBO. What were you watching? Like. Let's see, it was like 82. Well, Nuns on the Run wasn't on yet. So oh, I don't, I don't know. know what you're yeah. Now they're debating. A lot of cartoons. They're, they're debating yeah. your comments on the relief of divorce. Some people mm-hmm. completely agree with you. Yeah. Other people that are saying that it can be life shattering. No, it absolutely can be. Uh, I, I think if... I think if you have a mindset that the relationship is working well or things are going well um, or, you know, if you like there's just that mentality that everything's great and it kind of comes out of nowhere. Absolutely. It can be. But nothing really changed for me. Right. Like my life went on. Right. I'm still going to school. I'm still doing all this stuff. And what I realized was I didn't have this cloud like hanging over me, mm-hmm. telling me everything I was doing wrong at every turn. And you talked about worthlessness earlier. Did mm-hmm. that just make you think more and more that you were worthless, or did it, or did did you finally say no? That's bullshit. No, I, I mean I was very like the worthlessness was just very ingrained in me at that Mm. point. Um, you you know, going back to like the neglect stuff from my childhood, um, uh, when I I got accepted into my, my PhD program, you know, even before that, I I call my mom up and say, Hey mom, you know, I'm finished my master's degree. I I think this is what I'm going to do next. What'd you get your master's in? Uh, theology. (laughs) And, uh, and then um, my mom, I tell her, I go, you know, mom, I'm uh, done with the master's degree. I think I'm going with PhD now. She goes, Jason, are you sure you're, you're really not that smart? She didn't Shh. say that. Did she really? Yeah. Not in a joke. Like, no. that's a joke, my mom. No, no not word a- for word. She meant that. Yeah, she meant that. And what did you say to that? I didn't say anything because I, I didn't know how to react. So, like, this mindset. And you say I'm smart enough to know that all my children's better. <laughs> the general hospitals. God damn it, Denzel Washington. Um, oh, that was saying elsewhere. Never but, mind. Yeah, it, that really. But I think at that point, that was just because that was also like just drilled into me from my mom, like all through school growing up. Because I never did well in school. Like conventional school does not work for me. Yeah. Right. Like it, it just doesn't work for me. So I never did like C's and D's. Like I never did well. And when in school. she would tell you that you're yeah, like what, what are you doing, dummy? Um, so 
you know, and, and that really hampered me, like, when I did get into the PhD program. Um, you know, I got in, always felt like I never belonged, always felt like everyone else in the in the room was smarter than I was. Um, so that made it all the more chance. I always felt like I had to work 100 times harder than everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, imposter syndrome. You know, we've talked yeah. about that before, right? I and, have that every day, yeah. And, and I felt a lot of that. And it's it's funny because uh, I, I talked to, you know, this is one of the things I worked on with my therapist. And he goes, well, tell me a little bit more about the program. Like, were there, you know, 30 of you, 40 of you in this program? I said, no, like... Of the 30 applicants, they only selected six. He goes, oh, God, they took a whole six and you were one of them? Yeah, like, he's very yeah, sarcastic yeah. about it. And I was like, yeah, I was like, but that's, I got lucky. Right? That's like, how I do it all the time. Like, my essay was good, right? Yeah. Like, Well, why was, was your essay good, Jason? Yeah, well, it's just luck. Oh, pure luck. Pure luck. Yeah. And, you know, he. this is one of the great things. You all know that's because of your parents, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah it's, it's yeah. My the luck is from my parents. Yeah. It's, no. It's, no. Uh, <laughs> the reason why you thought you were lucky. Yeah. 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 Versus deserving. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were yeah. going to say his dad ghost wrote his essay. <sighs> Shit, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Um, but you know, he said, what? Uh, why is this happening? He said, "I don't want to talk about it. about what." Uh, my dad ghost writing my uh, entrance. Uh, he was. He was we just we can't tell him that because they'll take his PhD away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, my therapist has always been really great about that. He's like, "Oh, I mean, come on, look at you. You only got a PhD. Could've, yeah, could have tried, tried a little harder. You could have. Yeah. Isn't there a something after PhD? Well, in Germany, uh, why well, actually most European countries, you finish a PhD, then you have to do like a second dissertation. Before yeah, you, that's why because they, everyone in Germany has a PhD, and that's why they have Lord of the Rings yeah. over there in Europe. Yeah. So you. Uh, so you, uh, uh, your your PhD is in theology as well. Yeah. Now, um, when you were in your PhD program, is that when you met your current wife? Yes. Okay. How'd you meet her? Wow, we're gonna put it all out there. That's right, you? buddy. Uh, so I was uh, adjunct professor at a okay. small college in uh, uh, Arlington, Virginia, and mm-hmm. she was a student at the school. Gotcha. Never, never. A student of mine. Oh, viewers! I would like to clarify: yes. never, never yes. a student of mine. Uh, but we met through we met through someone who was a student of mine. Uh, one day during spring break, we all went to the library at Catholic University. They were working on their bachelor's thesis, and they want to know how there. much younger she was. She's nine years younger than I am, so I was thirty at the time. She was twenty-one. Okay, so actually, to backtrack, your first wife did she meet your parents? Yes. Do all that? Yes. Both of them? Yes. And did was there like a healthy relationship? Like, did you go to their houses for Christmas? That type yeah. Of thing? Yeah. We actually spent more time at her family's for Christmas. Yeah. It sounds like it was probably better. Yeah. Yeah. You, even with the manic depression? Yeah. 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 It, it was. Um, but again, my parents, like, no emotion. So there's like never, I, I would almost rather there be like, too much weird emotion than the no much emotion. like stroking of the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that definitely so, met my parents. So your second wife, how long did you guys date? Great little uh, Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, we dated for 2005. Got married in 2011. So two years. Two years. And you guys have two kids, right? We have two kids. Okay. So uh, how old are your kids? Uh, three and a half and 14 months. Woo! Yeah. 
we're right in the thick of it. Yeah. Oh man. God damn that. Jesus. So do either do do either of them have jobs? Uh, you know, I, I think the youngest could be a model. We just haven't gotten them any gigs yet. Well, you, yeah, it's probably drooling. Yeah, it's a lot himself. of drool. A lot of drool. So when you found out that your wife was pregnant, did you yeah. start to worry about? Fuck, man, I did not. Like I, that's actually when I started my first round of therapy, but with a different therapist. Okay. Um, and a lot of that was focused on just my sheer fear of being a father and like not being able to cope with it, not talking about it, just 100% convinced that I was just going to be a total fuck up as being a father. Right. Because of the example that had been set set for me. Yeah. Um, so did, were you able to talk with your wife about that as well? No, I, I, I really struggled with that. It, that, you know, that was, that was challenging because I wanted to be excited and I knew she was excited and, you know, I, I mean, I was excited, but it was really tempered with this like fear of what was going to happen. And, but I, I think she knew it. Right. And this is, she was the one that gently nudged me into therapy so that okay. I can start dealing with this stuff and, and talking about it. So I, I think I, I don't have any kids, right? Thank God. But I, I think it's a universal thing. It has to be, especially the first time you're a parent. It's got to be terrifying. Oh, yeah. Without all the other baggage that you're yeah. talking about. You, you was, So it, did you give yourself a break about that? No, not really. No. Like, okay. uh, uh, yeah, there is that fear. And, there's also the, like, you show up, you, you get home from the hospital the first day, and there's just this, why did they let us come home? Yeah. We, we can't. How are we supposed to keep this thing alive? Like, yeah. we're not going to be able to do that. Um, but, you know, there's just this constant fear of, like, I'm going to kill these children. Because you're not nourishing them. Yeah, not, yeah. right. And, you know, or they're going to end up in therapy, you know, 30 years from now because Something I was neglectful did. or... I didn't know how to express my emotions in a healthy way. Well, I remember, excuse me, last Memorial Day. Yeah. Came over for dinner. Yeah. And your your youngest was, he's a little guy. Yeah. He was, just he was Yeah, he's a real little guy. And he was just kind of sitting there drooling, staring at shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, your, your older one, he was running all over the place. Yeah. And, and you were just so patient with him that, that I saw you were falling after him. And I remember he went into another room and yelled something. You go, yes, my love. And then you went in there yeah. and you read him the Casper bed book. Yeah. The Casper that. bed book. Yeah. One you just favorites. got a Casper bed. Yeah. And you had the, the bed. So, Highball. What? Highball. Highball. That is all. That is all. Thank you. Uh, so... How how have you dealt with having kids? Um, it it has it has been challenging. Um, I you know I think you you got to experience Micah in a really sweet phase, like that eighteen months to like two years, twenty six months is just like a great time. Um, just you know, he's fun. He's like exploring the world. Has a lot of questions and. Um, you know, I think the big, like, I really enjoyed him during that time. And then, you know, it got, when things started to get tough, like when he hit three and then the second baby comes along and um, just like trying to navigate his emotions and how do I react to these things? And 
understanding that, you know, he's having these outbursts because he is a tiny human with a lot of emotions that he doesn't know how to express. And I but just you kind of expect him to be more of a, <laughs> yeah, like I'm more of an adult. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Like, right. I have very short fuse with him. It's something that I still work on. I, I appreciate you talking about how patient I, I was with him. It, it's something that I'm like, that I have to work on every single day, right? Yeah. Like I have to be, diligent about being patient with him because it is a challenge. Um, but it, yeah, you're right. It, it's something happens when you have a second child and maybe Brock can kind of attest to this, right? You, you almost expect the older one to like instantly grow up. Right. And like, yeah, it's like, I, I can't be responsible. Right? Yeah, like, or, or we push him to. Yeah. It's that you actually create that scenario. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I. It, like, you're the big sister. Yeah. I, we need you to step up. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, you're responsible for this person. Yeah. And my wife has been so great about it. She She's done a ton of research and she's just so much smarter about this stuff than I am. She's just very intuitive and like. Yeah, about know. like the sibling relationships and, no, about, and parent to kids relationships. No, just about kids and understanding kids and understanding their biology and yeah. kind of the way they work. And no, I will never forget the day she looked at me and said, "He's three. He is still a baby, right? Like he is." Had you gotten frustrated with him? Or yeah, something? yeah, yeah. And it's and I was like, "Shit, that's so true, right? Like he's still figuring out how the world works. Mm -hmm. um, he still says words wrong." You know, like it's, it, and he's the president. Oh, wait, yeah. No, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He's the president. <laughs> yes, sure. Uh, sure. Uh, so it, that was very eye opening for me, but it, it's still something that I struggle with. And, yeah. and, you know, wanting, cause Asher is at this point where he needs a ton Asher's of attention. Asher's the youngest. Okay. Yeah. That needs a ton of attention, um, is constantly needing to be held right now. And it's like, look, dude, I got enough energy for this guy. Yeah. Right. And, and, and do you, then that makes do you me, split it up with your, we do. If we're both at wife, home, yeah. we split it up. But you know, she's saying, she's staying at home right now with them. And when I come home, I kind of want to give her a break too. Oh, right? yeah. She's, she spent 10 hours with them and, um, do you kind of want to, or do you feel obligated? No, no, I, I legitimately want to, uh, like, there's no doubt that I like miss my kids during mm -hmm. the day. Um, and, and I really look forward to that time together at night, um, with them, but it, it's also like, I can't, you can't be needy right now. Cause he's needy right now. And I don't know how to navigate. I don't know how to navigate both of you. Yeah. And then do you just get angry? Yeah, yeah, anger happens or frustrated. I get, right, um, I get angry very quickly when things aren't working the way I need them to. Yeah, be yeah, or if I have a plan yeah, and things and you, don't go according to that right. plan, and it's really tough right now because Mike is doing a lot about like reading emotions, and um, he'll say, "Daddy, are you angry right now?" And um, I'll say, "No, I, I'm not. I'm not angry." And he'll say, "Well, what face do you have?" Oh, they've got like the, he looks at charts of No, faces. no, this no. was even before any of that started. We did finally get him a book. Yeah. But even before any of that started, he would say, what face do you have? Uh -huh. Because that's what he's reading is, is oh, your face. So does he kind of look? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'd have to either say, oh, I have my smiling face or I have my normal face or, you know, I am a little frustrated right now and, and kind of talk through that. But, you know, one of the biggest things I've learned is 
the important thing is to get down on his level, right? Like no matter what, if he's like having an outburst or he's having trouble, like expressing his emotions, it's all right, Asher, you get in your crib and Mm -hmm. you're going to scream for five minutes, but I got to, I got to talk to your brother and, you know, get down on his level, like get face to face with him and just because he will express it. You just have to ask the right questions. And sometimes they're guiding questions, but um, it, it helps to understand like what it is is frustrating. So do you see how um, committed you are to this and like how, how really good, how good it is, how hard you try? Yeah. I you, never had any of these conversations that I can recall. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can see that. I appreciate you saying that. And I think that, I'm trying to be very conscious of it, and I'm extraordinarily lucky to have uh, a partner who constantly reminds me of this, right, mm-hmm. and and pushes me to be better because she knows of all the hangups I have yeah. uh, around my parents and what I don't want to be as a parent. So uh, that is very helpful, but it, it is it's a it's a battle every day. Do you, does does uh, your oldest does he ever ask where his grandpa is? <laughs> No, he doesn't. No, okay. no, he doesn't. Uh, um, they've maybe seen each other on FaceTime like once or twice, but okay. he never asks. Okay. Except for when presents come, then he wants Grandpa to come and bring bring more the presents. presents. Bring yeah. more presents. You say my present to you is he's not coming. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I told you something my sister said to me, and she said it on this mm. show a couple weeks mm. ago, and I'm going to misquote it, so I'm sorry, but it's it's like having a child. When you have a child, you agree to let your heart live on the outside yeah. of your body. Yeah. Um, which is a very visceral thing. Yeah. So even when you're frustrated with him, do you ever have struggles where you're, you worry, like if I had a kid, I'd be so worried that something was going to happen. To yeah. Me constantly. Yeah. No, that, that, that is, uh, especially when my anxiety is really bad, mm-hmm. uh, that happens. Um, couple weeks ago he, he's got this thing now that whenever the front door or the apartment door opens he runs out we live in a six flat and he runs up to the neighbors upstairs and just stands so that's th- is six flat meaning two on each floor? Yeah, yeah yeah we're on the second floor uh-huh. so he runs up to the third floor and so trudge up the steps and pick him up because he's not going to come back down and i you know picked him up and typical reaction when he doesn't want to go do something is he tries to like yeah wiggle and you know it's an open stairway uh-huh. and i kind of clutched onto him but like at that moment all i could picture was him like plummeting down those three fours out of your arms yeah out of my arms and that like yeah i was in a bad place with some anxiety and that like stuck with me for like a week and a half like i'd close my eyes and i'd see it I'd be awake and I'd see it. It's it's all you could think of. Yeah. Would you kind of obsess over it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it something that you th- – that sort of something so terrible, was that like a distraction from your anxiety? You think you think it was your brain trying to – Yeah. I think that that's a – I think that's a good way of putting it, that I use that as a way to not focus on the fact that like I was having a tough time at work, mm-hmm. you know, um, so this like mental image would kind of shock me out of that. Do you? How did your anxiety manifest? Uh, it's usually in I kind of I I'm I'm already a very introverted person. I think I become even more introverted mm-hmm. um, with when I become anxious, and you know it's my temper gets 
much shorter. Um, and the only, like every emotion I express, whether it's sadness, whatever is, is it comes out as anger. Like I stop being able to communicate. It's just anger. Does that remind you of your dad? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think that you're just, I mean, I'm kind of that way too, right? Like, and when I look back on it, when I'm the hardest to be around, so most of the time, um, is when I'm really anxious. Yeah. And it's like you you know, but you don't know. And you I just become this this whirling dervish and it's just like it emanates off of me. Yeah. And it's like Happy, yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, dear Kevin. Happy birthday to you. Well, well done. How about that? You only turned 37 once. <clears throat> really? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think want to you, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, let's move along. Old man. So you you thank you everybody. Uh, I just want to ask you one other thing. So, yeah. Um, are you able to talk about that stuff with with your part with your wife about the the thing about your son and accidentally? Yeah. I mean, do you feel comfortable talking? I about do. That? I do. Um, sometimes I I don't because I know how irrational it is. Right. The this like image that I have in my mm-hmm. head like of that happening. Um, but I do feel comfortable talking to her about it. And mainly because, um, you know, my journey of therapy has been a roller coaster. I was very resistant to it for a long time. Didn't start doing it until it was like, yeah, I, I really like it. It is not going as hampering my ability to be a human. Yeah. Um, and I think that she was a big part of that. And, and her biggest thing has always been, I just want, I just want us to communicate. I just want us to communicate, right? Like we are in this partnership together. We are in this relationship for the long haul. Like if we don't have that piece of this, like none of this is going to work. So um, communication is not something that I'm great at, uh, but it is something that I'm trying to become, that I am becoming more conscious about and more open to. And you said, I know it's rational, and that made me think of when I had to tell people stuff that I'm worried about, um, I, it's usually something crazy and irrational and I don't, uh oh, oh, is it bright? Hi. Hi. You coming in? Oh, we got guests. Hi. How's your tooth? Do you want to show everybody? You want to show everybody your tooth? Here, there we go. There we go. There she is. What do you have to say to Kevin? He's old. Old. Oh, you're not gonna do it? No. All right, come here. <laughs> go back. Give Kevin right. a high five. You ready? High five. Can I have one too? All right. Bye. <laughs> back to bed. <laughs> okay. That was uh, the best interruption. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. And, and frankly, I'm going to ask you one more question. I think we're going to end. All right. So the thing I was getting at is like when I have a lot of my fears are these crazy, irrational things. I obsessed that I was going to die in the electric chair when I was a kid. The really weird shit, right? Oh. Yeah. 
after 9-11, yeah. I was absolutely convinced that uh, I was going to either get camel pox or... What's, uh, what's camel pox? So this is when... Uh, this like was anthrax? after 9-11 and then after the anthrax scare. Uh-huh. I was... I started doing all this research about, like, rice and sarin gas, camel pox, which is a thing. Um Really? Like being used as biological weapons, and I obsessed over that, and I was so convinced that like that was how. It was like somebody, out. like you were. Most people are now convinced that you committed crimes as a child. That I committed crimes yes, as a child. Absolutely. No, no, I did uh, melt a crayon, a brown crayon, with a magnifying glass <laughs> on the walking stones at my parents' house. One of the worst ass beatings I ever got was for that. Was for that for a crayon. Yeah, for a crayon. I did not. I was. I am. I am not a serial killer, so I did not commit crimes. That's as good. A child. Um. <laughs> so wait, camel pox. Mm-hmm. You were afraid, like you were going to be a victim of a terrorist yeah. attack. Okay. Yeah. And would you? Would that? Yeah. Would that prevent you from going out? Yeah. It would because you're afraid you were going to be in a situation. Yeah. And would you feel shame because you didn't yeah. go out? Yeah. And would you then kind of go on that cycle? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Were you married at that time? No, no, I was still in college. You're still in college. Mm-hmm. Could you tell anybody about no, that? No, no, no. No. So if you didn't go out, you would just say, I'm yeah. not feeling well. I didn't go out much anyway. Oh, okay. I mean, I was spending 12 hours a day in the library. So. Yeah, well, you're not that smart. No. Well, that's why I had to spend that's 12 right. hours a day in the library. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just kidding. No, you're very smart. Uh, Jason, my friend, thank you so much for yeah, coming Yeah, thank on. you, Kevin. Hold this up. is awesome. Hold up. People have some questions. Oh, we're going to do a few questions. Yeah. All right. All right. Hit me so, with them. Is anybody afraid of clowns? I'm not. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, Kevin. Yeah. Um, what are your feelings about the electric chair? Yeah, tell us more about that. So, I was I saw a TV movie where somebody died in the electric chair, and then I thought I was going to die in the electric chair, and then I obsessed and obsessed and obsessed over it for weeks and months, and uh, I had a full breakdown on the streets of Chicago and had oh, a panic shit. attack. My dad had to take me back to the hotel. My thoughts on the electric chair were are that it's inhumane and awful um and but i i don't worry about it like i used to which is why you should die that way yeah mm, i mean that's a good point yeah is that how about pennywise yeah come on pennywise isn't real i love that book and that movie do you know fear of clowns no when i was a kid the the tv movie of it scared the shit out of me but it's tim curry and how so how so one morning or one the night before we went well the night it was on tv we just watched a little bit of it my sister and i maybe my mom i don't know and we had to walk to denise's house the next morning and i could not get the vision of the clown down in the holding balloons and it just really bothered me i didn't like it now it doesn't bother me but it did then and carnies Carnies are good people. Yeah. Support your local carnies. Yeah, that's right. Support your lo- local carny. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And what about the Pulper- Poltergeist movie? I barely remember that. All I remember in that movie is why the hell did they let that kid go to bed with a baseball hat on? Yeah. That d- never made any sense to me. My parents would never let me do yeah. that. I could Cole's never biggest fear is Little House on the Prairie. Little House on the Prairie? Well, that's a terrifying life. You're bound to die by the time you're 21. That's true. Well, look at Michael Landon. He's... He's dead. He's dead. Yeah. And did anybody actually fear death as a child? Yes. I feared death and I feared eternal life very much because I didn't know what I was going to do for all that time and it got me very upset. I don't uh I don't fear death uh, like as an adult. 
though I do hope to be one of the first people to be like 150. Do you really want to? But it's not because I, I'm afraid to die. Uh-huh. It's just, there, look at all the shit I could do in the next 110 years. Yeah. Like, and then, what would you do? I'd read a lot of books. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, and uh, does anybody have chronic nosebleeds that make them think they're going to die because M. Cole needs to, someone to talk to about this? No, uh, M. Cole. Let, let me um, let me tell you this. Uh, I am a hypochondriac, self-diagnosed. Um, <laughs> that shit is real. And, uh, you know, I have had every disease known to mankind. You too? Yeah, yeah. And um, you're going to get through it. You're going to get through it. I'm like not going to help you. Lot of, yeah. I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to touch the blood. No. I'm probably not going to look at you either, but no. you'll get through it. Same question to both of you. Yeah. Um, what is the worst disease that you thought you might have had at any one point? How did that affect your mental stability? Mm. Um, and how did you get over it? You want to go first? I mean, it's cancer. Like, I just assumed that I'm going to get some sort of cancer. My my uncle had this extremely rare form of stomach cancer that, like, was... Do you take it value do anything. for it? <laughs> it? Maybe that made it worse. Yeah, I, don't I don't know. They couldn't do anything about it. It was just slow-growing cancer. And it just slowly killed him over 10 years. Like, I think And that's they a, knew there was cancer. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they couldn't get to it with chemo or any nope. of that awful nope. shit? No. Nope. Um, mine was AIDS. When I was 11. Yeah. Which <laughs> uh, is a natural time for a boy yeah. to get AIDS. Well, it's because my dad took us to see Philadelphia. I don't know what the hell it is. What? So, uh, that's oh, probably the worst. He's funny. Yeah, that's right. Uh, AIDS or every STD. This is the worst episode of Bosom Buddies I've ever seen. <laughs> God damn. Damn, damn. How many times do you actually think you've had an STD coming? Ooh. Uh, like instances? Yeah, how many days of your oh, life days. have the thought that you might have um an STD occurred? I'm going to say a minimum of 700. Clean you up! 700. Minimum. 700 days. Wow. That, that thought has occurred or I've obsessed over it? Sure. Or that you've actually... Had the STD. I've had one. I have one STD. I have HPV. Okay. General warts. But do, like, you, do, you, do you feel like talking about that? Do I feel like talking about the warts that grew on my penis? Yeah. Not right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That'll, be, that'll be the next show. That'll be the next show. That's not sad. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. All right. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for watching, Jason. Yeah, man. Thanks, thanks buddy. for coming in. Appreciate and, it. And um, good luck with surgery tomorrow. Thank you. Toodles. Appreciate it. Yes. See you guys next week. Guest still yet to be named, but Woo. we're working on it. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.